Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Our podcast theme song has lyrics because I can kind of hear them even though they don't exist. I have a genuine theory as to why that might be the case because when Ben joined us on one of his episodes that he came on the pod, he sung along to it and he said, come on, let's do another happy pod, happy pod. So if those are the lyrics, that might be why. There you are. That's why. That's Because that's exactly what I fucking hear. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, it's genuinely... <laughs> Yeah, so we're on fire straight we out of the gate. We are on fire. Hello and welcome to another Happy Pod, the only podcast in the world. My name is Nathan James Bauer. I'm joined by Lawrence Thomas Heisey. That's his real middle name. I don't have one. Um, we <laughs> are two supple boys who love podcasts and we love movies and TV shows and we love talking about those movies and TV shows. And sometimes we don't love talking about those movies and TV shows, but we always have fun, and this is the intro that we always do. Hello, Lawrence. How are you today? You're absolutely right, Nathan. This show is... You've thrown me off. I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, say hello. Hello, Nathan. How how are you this evening? I am tired. This is podcast number two, baby. So this is... Um, this is it. <laughs> this is... This is the way. This is the way. That's uh, a good way uh, in. This That's is, a good way. Yes. Um, and the way in is through your YouTube channel. You're welcome. <laughs> because you did a little video and it flopped and you're very sad about it. So the two people listening to this, go watch that. And then <laughs> yeah. you'll get another two views. Yes, I need those two views desperately. Yeah, I posted it at a stupid time thinking I was being clever and yeah. like YouTube strategist. And it turns out I just read some stupid grifters advice online and I'm paying the price for it. Yeah, don't listen to grifters online. I know. Yeah. Listen to them in real life, though. Listen to me. I know when to post. Are you a grifter? No, I'm just a depressed man. Um, so... <laughs> That's the saddest <laughs> intro. <laughs> 
Oh, what's going on? Where are we? What are we talking about? We're doing The Mandalorian Season 3. I didn't realise this. Tell me a ballpark number without... And if you know, tell me, because you'll ruin the fun. Okay. Of when... What episode number you think The Mandalorian Season 2 was? What do you mean? When we did an episode of Mandalorian Season 2, which was when it came out. It was early. It was, yeah, earlier than I thought it was. Like 16 or something? Are you taking the piss? It's exactly 16. Is it actually? This is exactly 16. <laughs> is it genuine? It's like, it's going to ruin my thing as well. Because you know, you know when people say like, oh, guess a number and they go a million and you're like, oh, actually it's a hundred. And it just ruins it. The polite thing to do with that is to like, usually like guess high or low depending on which way they're going or whatever. Yeah. I'm glad you know the etiquette and you just throw it out the window. <laughs> Well, I knew it was. It is. It's sixteen. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> me. But my oh, the point the point I was raising there was I feel like has it been that long since we had season two? Well, about a year and a half. Yeah. Fuck me. All that to say, uh, it has been a remarkably long time since we've spoken about it, and obviously we've spoken about Star Wars. Since. Yeah, we'd, we'd pr- we've probably spoken about it in between. Yeah, but we we don't encourage new listeners to go back and listen to like episodes before like 50 do we because <laughs> of the audio quality yeah that's true we would have spoke about it uh during the book of Boba Fett. that's true well it's been a fucking minute or two since that as well well that's about a year and a bit yeah so so my basically the way into this i think was obviously this is season three so one and two where's briefly give us your relationship with those two seasons it's it's a fun show um I like Pedro Pascal. I like Grogu. He's a fun little baby Yoda. Um, I like the adventures and hijinks that we get into every week. I know, it's fun. I enjoyed season two. I struggled with the ending of season two, the the Luke Skywalker and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I go back and forth about how I feel about it. Like, it's fun and stuff. Um, and and, and um, there's the certain parts of the first two seasons that are a, are a little bit difficult, I guess, because um, Gina Carano is not a nice person. I like, I like Star Wars. I, I know you do, which is what I've been slightly dreading recording this. Oh, yeah. Um, no, mainly, mainly because... What do you think, Lawrence, of The Mandalorian Season 1 and The Mandalorian Season 2? All episodes streaming now on Disney+. Plus. That's very factually correct. Uh, season one, I really, really like. Um, ooh, 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 ooh. We're going to keep doing that periodically. Yeah. <laughs> just like the show does, whenever Din does something cool, it just goes... <laughs> it does do that. <laughs> uh, no, I like I like season one a lot. Um, I think it's um, what I was a massive fan of, because uh, I believe it was the first uh, like live-action Star Wars show that they'd done. Incorrect. What was the first live action one? Uh, no, it was. You're right. Fuck. <laughs> Good. Thanks for that. Just derailing <laughs> me for no reason. Um, yeah, I, I really, really liked it because it was um, new. And I'm not like, I like Star Wars. I have a fond relationship with it. But like, I'm not, I, I there's a lot I haven't seen. And there's a lot of stuff that I don't know about. Um, so my easy in was this, with this was like, it's like a cowboy show, but Star Wars. And I was like, I'm all in for it. I like the westernness of it. And I always like we 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 have always said this before. We like a father and <laughs> and son or daughter like found family grumpy dad trope situation. So to have that was quite fun. Season two, I go back and forth on. I think the traje- the trajectory of this show, I think, is a a steady 
walk downhill in quality. Let's do season three. Where do you land on it? It's fine. <laughs> are you being are you being lackluster energy or is that your no, sum up? It's fine. It's yeah. not amazing. It's not awful. It's pretty good. What do you want to say? What's your beef, man? I don't, I don't have a. It's not that I have a beef with it necessarily. I just like. Didn't you say you had some questions? Yeah, but we're kind of they're more like some minor plot stuff. But like, okay, the kind of my overall criticism, and I'm I'm eager to get your take on it. Is when I signed up for the Mandalorian. Yeah, it was the originality of it that I was like so intrigued by. Okay, and and then season two, I I don't necessarily mind this. I know a lot of people have a problem with it, but season two was kind of a relentless episodic <laughs> series of backdoor pilots for Disney show, Disney Plus shows that have either come and gone or are in production and coming out soon. You've got Boba Fett in there who had his show. You've got Ahsoka in there who's going to have her show. Yeah, I don't know. It felt like a bit overstuffed and a bit lacking focus. And, and season three, my beef with it is it's kind of almost become a completely different show. Or like 50% of it has become a different show. Because there's storylines that I really like in this. But I wish that Din and Grogu had more of a kind of an active element in it. Like, I feel like the stuff that I want to see, like Bo-Katan is here and she gets to do all of that. And I'm like, I would have rather she just had her show. <laughs> like, that I probably would have watched and enjoyed. But I wanted, I was keen to see a lot more Din and Grogu, which I don't think, uh, well, I didn't get, in my opinion. Was he not in it enough for you? Not that he wasn't in it, but he just, like, he kind of, like, just felt stagnant. He wasn't overly involved. It felt like the plot definitely happened, but he happened around the plot. Like, he was just kind of next to Bo-Katan as she was the protagonist. He was in a lot of the scenes, don't get me wrong, and he had some stuff to say. But all of the dramatic tension and all of the, like, the interesting introspective stuff and decisions that had to be made episode to episode, it was all given to Bo-Katan. And I was like, cool. But, like, Din is just along for the ride at this point. He felt like more of a supporting character. <laughs> also, there's kind of the problem that, yes, I'm aware there is more Bo-Katan that I haven't seen. If I was watching another show that hadn't promoted itself on this is completely new stuff and all original stuff, I would mind less that I didn't know what was going on with Bo-Katan, but I barely know her as a character. So to watch the U-turn from it being centred on Din Djarin to being centred on her for the most part, I was like... This is cool, but I feel like I'm always half connecting with it because to have more context for your story, which I'd like to have as an audience member, I've got to go and watch like four seasons of another show <laughs> before I watch it. I mean, you don't. You don't. She's hardly in the Clone Wars. Like she's in three, four, maybe five episodes of Rebels at a push. She She's not a big part of those shows at all. She's a very, very minor part of those shows. Sure, she has a story in them. But it's very, very small. It's not okay. you're you're really not missing out on huge expanded lore with Bo Katan. All the stuff Bo Katan talks about in The Mandalorian, like her like giving up the Darksaber, and we haven't seen any of that. That's all that happened post Rebels. Okay. So all of that completely new to us too. That makes it a little bit more palatable, but it's still there's still an element of like why don't they're giving everyone a show? Why, why didn't she have one? Why was it in this? Because she's in this one. Yeah, I know, but like it's I, it's the same complaint, and I didn't mind it so much in Boba Fett, and it's not as prevalent because Din Djarin is always next to her and always in the narrative. But like when Boba Fett just U turned into being Din Djarin for two episodes, and people got cross about it, I didn't mind because I prefer him as a character and I thought it was more interesting. I don't know, it kind of bothered me in this one. 
I, I, do, do you see what I mean about him being like kind of an inactive participant in the plot? I don't think he's inactive. Well, what do you think about him then? I think the... I think it's more of a... More kind of like an equal foot in between the two, really. Rather than it just being Din show or it just being Bo-Katan show. I think it's more of a our show now sort of thing. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying. I don't mind. Like, I don't give a shit. I'll watch it. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I th- do you think that's, like, maybe the distinction between, like, I'm more interested in the Mandalorian show as opposed to, like, Star Wars in general. So, like, because you're, you're, you're more, like, invested... Not to say I'm not, but you're more invested in, like, the world of Star Wars and, like, the wider canon. Yeah, kind of. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's, like, where the distinction is. I think this is... Because, like, I also want to get across, like, I don't think this is hollow. Like, I don't think it's necessarily a bad story. I just wish that he was more of an active participant in it. But for some people, this is going to be really good Bo-Katan stuff. Not trying to take that away from anyone. <laughs> I just I'm confused as to why it's sharing the spotlight when it it didn't have to be. Is 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 my my main thing on it. So so what I would say to that is the title The Mandalorian. What do you think that's referring to? Do you think it's solely a a, a substitute for Din Djarin? No, I know where you're going with it, and I I I, I do see your Maybe, point. I, I get that. I don't think you necessarily do, but continue. Okay, well, let me answer just what you asked then. Um, yeah, for the most part, like, I know it extends to Mandalorians beyond, and I get that, and his relationship with Mandalore and his relationship with Mandalorians, but, like, when, come at it from my perspective, walking into season one, it was just him, the Mandalorian referred to Din Djarin. Um, I mean, it's it's a way to interpret it, yes. But where what, what, what point are you making? Um, because I I would say, and especially as the show has gone on, I I would say that the Mandalorian, the title of the Mandalorian, is not solely just another way of saying Din Djarin. It's more about the Mandalorian as a person, as a people, as like a a creed, okay. not necessarily a species, but you know, the Mandalorian, the people of Mandalore. Um yeah. it's it's more about like there's one there's one line in uh, one of the episodes where a character says you're Mandalorians you're supposed to be honorable. Um and there's like a, a little rebuke to that. Um so I think it's more about what it means to be the Mandalorian. Yeah. I know I can, I can see where you're coming from with that. And, and like I say the stuff that isn't Din in this like yeah. it's interesting stuff for sure. Yeah. You see I don't have a problem with it because I just think like yeah, the the first season was a little bit more contained, more like Wolf and Cub, whatever kind of thing. There were still other Mandalorians yeah. in it, and it did, you know, start to expand. But it's just that the show's evolved. I don't think there's anything wrong with a show evolving. No, but I also think there's an element of importance to, like, sticking to what you set out to be. Like, and I, I don't think that they necessarily don't... It's a tough line to walk, because I just think that, like... Right, in season in season one, there's obviously a massive, like, emotional arc that Din and Grogu go on together, um, in terms of, like, Din having to protect Grogu. In season two, it's fleshed out more, because Din comes to terms with the fact that, like, although he can protect him, it may not be what's best for him, and he has to maybe let go and everything else. That's interesting stuff. Uh, and it also kind of pushes him further, not out of being a Mandalorian, but it pushes his his um adherence to the fucking breaking point where he breaks the code like multiple times and then i just think season two they're just there and they don't do anything and like they do they do plot stuff like they'll be in some fights and they'll 
you know, they'll go around and go where the narrative goes, but they become stagnant to a point where they don't really get much more development. And whilst that's fine, because there is other stuff going on in the show, it's just a shame to see my favourite character in this just kind of stop evolving. And like, what... That's fair enough if the show is taking a stance to evolve, but I feel like Din should evolve with it, and his his journey should matter more in conjunction with Bo-Katan's, rather than him just being like... Because he literally says like, in one episode, he's like, your song's not written, I'm just going to follow you. And I'm like... And that was like a couple of episodes in or something, and I was like, yeah, I, I know. It's, it's what you've been doing the whole show. <laughs> like, It feels like he just committed himself to her story, and they, I felt like it was the show's way of being like, we're just doing this. And I was like, ah. See, that's it's interesting you say that because that for me was a huge moment of development for Din. That that was a moment where like he he fully he literally said in in what he was saying he was wrong about her, like what he initially thought of Bo Katan and what he thinks about you know our creed versus your creed and what it means to be a Mandalorian. He's he's yeah. seeing the merit in her way and the way she was brought up and that sort of stuff. Because even in the beginning of this um the season like yeah they're you know they're they're pleasant enough but there's still a little bit of uh sniping between each other um like when they're when they're on mandalore um and she's like she's like making him the pog soup and he's like what the fuck's this and she's like you see like you you call yourself mandalorian you're dressed head to toe in fucking in beskar armor but yeah you've never been on this planet and i had this every day as a kid and you don't have any clue what it is and that sort of stuff there's still a little mm. bit of animosity animosity whatever um between the two of them and i think it does grow i don't think that din has absolutely no development during this season i think he has less development than what he's had but i don't think it's he's just completely stagnant the entire way through it i think it's more focused on on Grogu and his relation, his relationship with becoming a quote-unquote Mandalorian and what that means and that sort of stuff, and how Din as well can embrace uh, both sides of the creed and see which quote-unquote way works for him. I can see where you're coming from. Um, Mentioning Grogu, one pessimistic tweet I wrote out and then deleted because I was like, I hadn't seen the entire show. So I was like, let's give it a minute. And I don't know where I land on it now, so I want to get your opinion on it. I can't remember exactly how I worded it, but basically the the idea I was getting at was that they obviously undid, well not undid it, but they very quickly ended the the thread of Grogu going with Luke. Big content point of contention in Book of Boba Fett was that like Grogu returns to Din, not even in the Mandalorian in the show. You say undid, you say ended. I would say resolved, but go on. Yeah, but resolved. Like, insanely quickly. From our point of view, yeah. Well, our point of view is the one that matters, because we're the audience. Is <laughs> the show is being Go made on, for us continue. to watch it. Um, but but my, my main kind of thinking was that they, they've brought Grogu back to have him mostly sit in a cockpit in this show. And I'm like, genuinely, I'm, I'm curious to hear, like, your interpretation of it, because maybe I missed stuff. I'm absolutely sure I probably did. Okay. Um... I can tell I'm getting under your skin. <laughs> you're not. You're not. It's just like I just admit, as soon as you said that, just what appeared in my head was a flashback to our After Sun episode and you calling me reductive. And I was like, hmm. Well, then tell tell me why. I'm genuinely eager because I like I don't have much of a take on it beyond that. So I want to hear. All right. So hold on. So 
So from your point of view, all Grogu did this season was just sit in a cockpit, essentially. All right, no, that is being reductive. Because like I said, it was the tweet that I hastily <laughs> was eager to post and but, get some right, likes so for being so negative. What's your, what's your point of view? What's your argument here? Grogu had nothing to do, basically. They they uh, they undid his, his fucking plot point in uh, Boba Fett and now he's got nothing to do. Yeah, I don't care about him being... I don't care about him not being a Jedi or whatever. Like, I don't... I genuinely don't care about what he does. Yeah. I just think that there was interesting plot points to mine there um, and it was hastily ended. Can I ask you what plot points... What interesting plot points you think there was to mine there? Uh, What, in terms of Grogu being gone? Well, what you just said, yeah. So, Grogu being gone wouldn't necessarily affect... Grogu, because like you say, that would happen elsewhere in another story. But I would be keen to see how Din's attachment has kind of... Because obviously one thing we mentioned in Boba Fett is when we see it pick up again, Din has just gone back to bounty hunting and kind of regressed into not the best version of himself. Mm. And I would be keen to see how that version of Din would function in this story. A, a A story where attachment is something that he's gained and lost again, being from Grogu's choice. I just feel like that would be an interesting element to explore whilst... Yeah, right, f- fair enough. Sure, that would have been a fun story to explore, but it's not the story. Yeah, but I would argue that they... But and, and I'm not saying it would have been better. I genuinely, from a narrative perspective, I think it would have given Din something more to do. And they, in my opinion, they didn't utilise Grogu that much in this season anyway. So it, it would have served the narrative better if he wasn't there. And it would have given Din some genuine conflict in Bo-Katan's ethos of Mandalorians are better together when the person, his foundling, has just gone off and done something else. First of all, I don't want to see an entire season without Grogu. Not an entire season then, but like a portion of it. Give us us a couple of episodes or something. There was one episode in season two where Grogu didn't feature and it was torture, okay? Which one one was that? It was um, the the one where Bill Burr is there being Bill Burr. And he's like, hello, I'm Bill Burr. Oh, yes, he is like that. Yeah, it's, it's the one, like, after he got kidnapped. Um, all right, yeah, fair enough. Fair, if, if that's what you wanted to see, then fair enough. I can't I can't dispute that. That's what you wanted to see. You didn't get that. Fair enough. All right? Shit happens. Yeah. Like, fucking hell. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not losing sleep over it. <laughs> yeah, like, if that's what you wanted to see, fair enough. Sure. Like, yes, if, if that was the story, like, I never know how to refute the point, like, well, the story wasn't this, because... Yeah, it wasn't. I think this this is why I say, like, let's not critique the story for not being that, because it's not that. No, and I wouldn't normally bring the point up if the show hadn't taken me down all the right paths to make me think it could be something like that, and then go, it's not. Fair enough, that's fair enough, I guess. Same kind of goes with the, they set up a conflict, and I think what happened was more interesting, So, but, like, I've seen criticism online that I don't necessarily agree with, but can see the see why people would be a bit mad about it uh was that like gideon was stoking the fires last season being like you want to fucking get that dark saber you two are going to have to have a serious beef yeah and then that was like very quickly i i text you about it and i know you got annoyed about it the other night <laughs> like the elder wanted scenario yeah um which yeah is like I, again i don't have a strong opinion on it i do think them having a genuine connection is more interesting than them being just sworn enemies for no reason over something that din doesn't care about i think i think it's more a we're jumping all over here kind of and i will go back to your your point about grogu and stuff but sure. i think the the whole thing with the dark saber is more a, a gideon sees 
the value of Mandalore in their trinkets and their possessions and stuff. Their mm. their armor, you know, their weapons, their their all that sort of stuff. Uh, not the people itself. Um, yeah. And and you know he has like he has his stormtroopers are all wearing Mandalorian armor. They're using Mandalorian weapons and all this sort of stuff. But they're still getting their fucking asses kicked by Mandalorians because yeah, sure they'll take this stuff, but they don't have the same connection with it that the Mandalorians do. It's that whole. It's like fucking Avatar. You know, like the whole fucking cultural appropriation. We'll take your shit because it's pretty cool and we like it. But you guys, you're all kind of shitty. You're not us because we're superior and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So it's just taking the bits you want for yourself, but not engaging with the the culture of it and that sort of stuff. That's yeah. that's what the dark saber is to me. It's it's just another piece of this is cool, but like you guys kind of suck. And it's more and the way that storyline ends up with the dark saber being maybe destroyed. I don't know. Um, I think that's again part of. Oh, this doesn't necessarily matter that much. It's more about us, the people, the Mandalorians. Well, at, at the end of the day, like, the, the, there's law behind it, obviously, and it seems to matter to them as a people quite a lot. But at the end of the day, it's a fucking sword, and it can be... Yeah. Anakin's lightsaber can be used by Rey to fight the forces of evil, but it can also... I've seen it referred to on Twitter this week as the Youngling Slayer 3000. Yeah. Like, it's... But, it, like, what I'm saying is in the hands of a dickhead, it can be used for bad shit that it doesn't represent. So... Yeah, I know. I, I see where you're coming from. I think that's an interesting take. I hadn't really considered that before, so I kind of, I quite like the idea that it is Gideon's value placed on Mandalorians is what he can take from it. Yeah, it's it's, it's all it's all the power he can get from it, not the people or the place itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, going back to your your point about like uh, Grogu and his development, I I I would say, like I said, I think this season the development is more on Grogu rather than Din. I think he has got quite a bit of development. You know, we see him trying to find his place within the Mandalorian culture. You know, he's going through the training, he's getting more armor and that sort of stuff. He's becoming more and more of a Mandalorian as things go on. Um, and then there's a, there's a really good moment, which I really enjoy, in um, the, the second to last episode, where when he's fucking walking about in IG-12... Uh, um, there's the two Mandalorians fighting Paz Vizsla and um, Axe Woes because like they can't play chess or whatever, um, <laughs> and, and like no one's stepping in. The the Mandalorians are just like, well, this is how it is. We just got to let them fight, I guess. So here we go. <laughs> but then he, it's Grogu who steps in. It's Grogu who stops it. It's Grogu who decides to say, no, this isn't right. You know, we're together. We shouldn't be doing this. And you go back to fucking season one. You saw Din and Cara Dune having a, a friendly little fucking arm wrestle or whatever, playing a game together. And what did he do? He started fucking choking her. He started choking her because he um, thought he thought that she was she was hurting Din. She was hurting, you know, this this guy that he likes. And yeah, sure, these guys went fighting Din, but you know, he's been he's part of this creed now. He's part of the Mandalorians and he sees them fighting each other. And he and instead of using violence, he steps in. And then Din says, he didn't learn that from me. Where did he learn it? Luke. It connects, you know? It's, it's the lessons he learned from Luke. Yeah, that's true. So, like, yes, sure, it was resolved quickly, sure, but it was resolved. And I think it does play a part and it does connect. I'm So I miss that. That that's, That is quite interesting. Um, I think my thing, and my, this will lead into the next thing. I've got stuff that I genuinely like, and I'll stop criticising in a minute, but I just want to air my grievances because I'm genuinely thinking that this is quite productive because you've turned me around on some shit my least favorite aspect of this season by far is the pacing of it 
of the show in general. I just found it to be like quite irritating to a degree. Uh, I'll give you a couple of examples so I'm not just pissing in the wind. Uh, there's an episode, a really interesting episode, uh, that sets up, uh, not sets up, continues on the storyline of the cloning research, which is then dropped until, like, I think the finale or the one before it. There's an entire episode dedicated to saving a child so that, uh, saving, what's his name, Paz? Paz something? Paz Vizsla, yeah. Yeah, so there's an entire episode to devoted to saving Paz's child, really just so that Din and Paz, in my opinion, can reconcile. But then they don't really speak to each other for the rest of the season again. There's just a more of a mutual respect there. And then the last grievance uh, with it, and I know you're going to say that I hate fun. <laughs> but <laughs> the Jack Black and Lizzo thing. I don't care that Jack Black and Lizzo are here. That's, that's not what bothers me. Okay. Right? I, I genuinely, I think they're both fun people. Right, yeah. and if and if you, I can backdate proof to this. I didn't mind when Megan Stallion was in She-Hulk. I don't mind this. Okay, I don't mind seeing a fun face pop up in Star Wars. I, it doesn't take me out. My thing was almost entirely bar five minutes at the end of it, completely pointless. They're off to go get Mandalorians. They're on a quest um, to go and kind of unite um, Bo-Katan's old uh, old old team uh, of people, and then they basically just get swept up on a side quest that doesn't relate to the story yeah and it's basically christopher lloyd's a separatist then he very quickly is like maybe i shouldn't be a separatist and and i thought when it brought in battle droids i was like they're gonna do some din trauma stuff here because of his backstory and everything else but then he just kind of like boots a few of them and she's like stop it and he's like okay and and genuinely that entire episode for me i was just what the, what are we doing do you, like, do you, can you see where I'm coming from? Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> you liked it, didn't you? You had fun. Yeah. What do you want from me? It was like fucking CSI Mandalore. I don't know, man. It was like the fucking crime scene investigation nature of it. There was a scene where literally fucking <laughs> they like put fucking police tape around like a droid and then they like <laughs> literally like a fucking scene out of CSI where they're just like crouching down next to the body like, what do you think, Tubbs? Jesus, I don't know, man. Like that sort of thing is, I know, it was funny. Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily, if you're looking for some fucking deep intrin intrinsic meaning as to how does this progress the the storyline and the development of this character and that character i don't know it, maybe it doesn't maybe there's stuff i missed maybe it's just a fun little thing i don't think every episode has to be so what's your trauma and why are you this way and how can this progress everything maybe let's just do a fun little thing i don't know the, the reason it can't this one irked me was because that's a format that like I'm used to in The Mandalorian. The, yeah. the Mandalorian really does borrow from a monster or scenario of the week format. Yeah. Ma Mandalorian as well. Like season one and season two was side quest central. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Like that's not but, new. No, but on the side quest, it's fine. I don't mind side quests, but like the in season one, the when Grogu goes to the to the village and that they go to the the what's that? What's the planet called? Do you know it? Uh, not off the top of my head, no, but I know what you mean. Yeah, the, 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 for the people that, maybe if you don't know, if you're listening to this... The ATST episode. Yeah, um, and that's that to me is a great point of, like, it's a side quest, because it's essentially them just hiding out. But yeah. it shows Din the importance of standing up for people, and it also shows him that there's an element of Grogu should be allowed to be young and not have to deal with the burden of being hunted by the fucking Empire. Yeah. 
and it's and it's interesting and it, it also shows him that he has strength in his allies and he shouldn't be immediately distrusting of people that aren't super mega warriors because in that one essentially a bunch of just fucking like regular village people like save the day against seemingly horrible odds whereas in this one it was just weird in terms of like again i don't mind jack black and lizzo being there but it felt very much like look it's jack black and lizzo and not much more and if and if if it was look it's jack black and lizzo and the episode had some weight to it and not necessarily like you just say like let's trauma dump but like just something that tied to a theme rather than just let's investigate a thread especially because i think the the biggest kick for me was that it was like the episode started and it was like let's go and team up with the mandalorians and i was like fuck yeah let's go and then i just just like a 40 minute u-turn and i just went what the fuck what are we doing so yeah i don't hate fun <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what to say like i don't know yeah fair enough man can't dispute it if that's what you feel like yeah sure i i don't get me wrong i did love the episode but yeah don't hate it either fair all right let's do some shit that i actually fucking enjoyed um i've, I've wrote down big fan of the marine deloreans i i like the ground team on navarro just going in oh, but, yeah. but they're all like they're, they're proper seal team fucking sixed up yeah <laughs> Um, and the so I, th- that's an interesting concept in it because I love the fucking it is a visual metaphor as well as um, just a, an interesting episode and plot because you know the Mandalorians the whole this whole season journey for them it's about them taking their place in society and no longer cowering not cowering that's the wrong word for Mandalorians especially but like no longer being confined to living in sewers and shit like that like yeah it's it's them reclaiming their place in the world find finding their place and and re- and reemerging them I in the last episode it's called the return for a reason yeah exactly um and i just thought that was a really interesting one i just love that it was the exact same place that they for all those grimy season 1 sequences of them in the sewers um and also when you consider that they had their beef in the in the street in like the town um and they weren't the aggressors in the scenario but you could see live it from living there as a citizen of navarro why they would be seen as the aggressors because they're yeah. messing with the natural order of shit yeah yeah just um, side note as well like i i really like um how like navarro is just as a place is fucking thriving like it's yeah it's cool it's doing really well just like the progression of navarro like first season it was just this really fucking dingy fucking town there wasn't even roads and shit it was just like mud and you know just like really nothing to it second season is you know the empire gone it's a little bit more evolved and stuff and then the third season is like this whole like blooming city kind of it's really it's really good yeah. to see yeah and, and i like the fact that maybe you can tidy this up for me because my sort of opinion on it i don't know all of like the ins and outs of like the the factions of 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 political parties and shit in star wars so tell me if i'm wrong um i really like that they seem to just be thriving independently they're like we're not taking shit from anyone anymore Mm. like not the empire not the new republic doesn't matter what side you're on we're now our own side Um, i I think they'd rather be new republic than empire Um, oh yeah yeah but but... (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah yeah they're an independent uh, nation and yeah it's, it's going quite well for them yeah interesting shit um that was the stuff i liked <laughs> <laughs> the, 
the what the marine mandos and then that's it <laughs> no 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 no. <laughs> okay. uh, i like the um there's a there's a nice focus on especially in the last episode which i genuinely really really enjoyed um there's a nice there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Focus on Din's shift in priorities, which is like, I'm just going to get, Grogu safe yeah and Bo-Katan came in and this this is where like my theory of like Bo-Katan being more a protagonist than Din doesn't really hold up because like yeah she comes in and she does most of the big fight before Din steps in but like that's her thing like she's the one with the beef with Gideon like yeah and Mando even says it uh or Din even says it to a degree he's just like this guy won't fucking leave us alone like he he's not trying to stop Gideon yeah he's trying to just fucking end his incessant push to like kill his fucking son um so yeah I, I found that quite interesting um and then I I really like the fucking it was it felt like a Phantom Menace callback with like the the shields one by one um, going down with R5. Oh, right, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, that, um, that was fun. That, that, that was a good sequence, yeah, I liked that. Yeah. I liked I like the that. moment where he fucking, he killed one of them and then he tried to, like, grab their gun as it, like, fell and he was like, oh, fuck, I missed it. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, just good little shit to explore. Like, yeah. um, I had, a, this This isn't a criticism at all, but I, I was, I, 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 I crossed out my note when I saw that fight sequence because it's really well choreographed. Yeah. Um, and my, my prior note, was something along the lines of uh, the Mandalorians treat their weapons as religious items. They're trained from childhood to fight, so why is seemingly their only move to <laughs> to jetpack, dump tackle each other, and throw haymakers? Because <laughs> that happens almost every time a Mandalorian fights another Mandalorian. They're like jetpack jump. <laughs> That's a good move. And it, don't, like, if I had a jetpack, I'd be doing it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. But it, it made me laugh that they're like their their whole religion is like mm. let's fight, and they're all just like dump dive <laughs> straight away. It's fun. It is fun. I do like it. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm having a look through my notes. There's not like a whole. I think I think one of the reasons I'm probably more forgiving, um, on on this season than you because don't get me wrong. I, overall, I think it. It might be the weakest of the three seasons in in general. Um, but I think the reason I'm probably more forgiving of it is because, like you said, I am more interested in the world of Star Wars. And this this season like really ties into the lore of Star Wars and like what's going on and stuff. And there's some really like big lore moments 
which I really enjoy. Like the uh, the just the opening like fucking seven or eight minutes of the uh, the penultimate episode where you have Gideon talking to the the remnant council, the eminent empire council. Like all of that, that was fucking gold for me. I was eating up every <laughs> single second of that scene. We got fucking Brendel Hux. Are you kidding yeah, that, me? That's his dad, right? That's Hux's dad, played by his fucking um, fucking what's his name, Domhnall Gleeson's brother. Well. I thought they had a similar cadence to each other. <laughs> yeah. I was like, if they're not related, he's done a good. I can see him being related to him. Yeah, that's that's Brendel Hugs. I also like the um, uh, fucking his 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 father is named like literally after his actual dad as well. Brendel yeah, Huggs, isn't Brendan, Brendan yeah. Gleeson. <laughs> that was very fun. Um, is all of that stuff Rise of Skywalker stuff? Some of it is, yeah. I recognised a, a name, Operation... Operation Resurrection, they said. Uh, no, no, sorry. Operation uh, Operation Resurrection is what the actual Palpatine stuff is called. Um, but Operation Necromancy. Oh, That's Necromancer, it. They said, yeah. Which may be the Palpatine stuff and they're just giving it a different name. Or maybe it's just, I don't know. Um, what's what's Cinder? Sin, Operation Cinder. That's yeah. That's already happened by this point. That's like... Um, that's Battlefront Two stuff, like with the Battle of Jakku and that sort of stuff. Oh, sure, okay, yeah. Um, so that stuff for you, like, yeah, because it is well, way more world building. I was there are certain sequences in this where I was a bit lost, um, yeah. and that's I don't think that that's the show's like fault of like not communicating something clearly. It's just it's been a long time since season two, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I I didn't stupidly I didn't rewatch season two before I watched season three, um, so that was. What's that? Tell me what's going on with these Gideon clones and why he doesn't have a moustache anymore. I mean, probably just because he had a shave. Really, yeah. I don't I think. I don't think there's any big law or canon reason why he doesn't have a moustache. I think it's probably just he got a razor. Um, well, his, his clones didn't have moustaches, did they? Yeah, neither does he. No, I think he's a clone. I think the real Gideon out there has a moustache. No, I think he's dead. Um... <laughs> Um, I, so I don't really know what's going on with the clones. I've I've initially thought the clones were gonna be part of um part of Operation Resurrection or Necromancy or whatever you want to call it. I thought they were building fucking or trying anyway to fucking uh, figure out Snoke and how to get all that shit going. Um, so so yeah, it was a bit of a shock when Gideon turned around and said like he's fucking cloning himself or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure I, we'll get more of that going on, but I don't know, at this point, I don't know. That that's the one I saw. I saw a tweet that did make me laugh, but it also got me thinking. Like, yeah, because it's interesting, and I want to see. I I don't fully understand it, and it's one of the most to me. Like, yeah, it's fucking. It's it's a bit silly and it's a bit cheesy. Um, but one of the most interesting aspects of me in Rise of Skywalker is the clone stuff. Yeah. Um, so like when they started speaking about it, I was like, I just want one. I just want someone to give me a definitive answer about what the fuck's going on with the clone stuff. What, what do you mean though? Like, well, like I, cause obviously that was, there's the line I made Snoke and there's a, another Snoke growing or something in the little chamber. Gideon's obviously got. Snoke is Palpatine, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like they, there's like, they figured out it to a degree but i'm like i want to see it was gideon 
I mean, I don't think I don't not. think Gideon's necessarily part of Palpatine's uh, plan. No. Okay. No, I don't think this is part of that. No. Okay. I, 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 I Palpatine's grand plan was yeah, I'm sure he he cloned his body so he could return. He had contingencies in place so he could. Uh, so he could come back and, and take another thing. The thing is, they hadn't perfected it. They hadn't perfected, you know, the cloning technology, um, which, which is why in Rise of Skywalker, he's so fucking decrepit because they still yeah. haven't figured it out and they're still trying to. The, the Gideons look pretty fucking clean. Y- yeah, but Gideon's, Gideon's a different story. Gideon's not dead. Yeah, Gideon's not pre-fucked up, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've, they've got, like, a pretty good sample of his fucking DNA ready to go. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose Palpatine was fucking roasted twice. They're not, they're not literally trying to resurrect him and put his consciousness in another body, you know? Yeah. I can see how so, the science might be stretched on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. That is fair. Um, the Another thing that I was... I wanted to talk about the actual look of the show. Yeah, um, okay. And this is a brief moan, because it's not overly important. Okay. But I just... Because I, 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 you said it at the beginning, I did that Mandalorian video that is on my YouTube channel. Please go and fucking look at it, please. Um, but my I was like obviously sifting through so much season one footage, and even season two to a degree. And I know that was kind of the big first instance of the volume and Greg Frazier, who was gone on to do like use the volume making the batman and like he's obviously very very capable at it um i feel and let me know your opinion on it or whether you even think it matters too much because maybe i'm like caring too much about it but um there are some i i feel like i i feel like disney or lucasfilm um need to invest in showing more people how to use that technology to its potential because Mandalorian season one, the Batman, the way they use the volume was so fucking cool. And they used it to essentially craft incredible shots that they don't have to wait on time of day for. Like the purpose of it, it was to make something technically impressive without the production problems. It's essentially what George Lucas pioneered with the green screen stuff, but to a, to the nth degree. And I feel like there's an element of quality of filmmaking that's been lost as the seasons have gone on. Um, no, lost is the wrong word because it's just inconsistent because some of them, some of the, like the big vistas and the wide shots look great. And then there's a lot of shots where like two characters are talking to each other and it's just kind of like soft focus, like green screens looked better. And I'm like, I don't know if that's time restrictions uh, or just not using the technology properly, but I don't know. Where, what do you think? I haven't watched series one and two in about a year or so. So uh, I, I don't know like how this looks compared to those two off the top of my head, really. Mm. Um, I, there, was, there, was no, there was no point when I was watching season three where I was like, oh, this looks fucking awful. But then again, there was no point where I was like, oh, this looks fucking beautiful. It was just, it is what it is. Like, yeah, there was, I don't know. It, it didn't really stand out to me either way, I guess. Like, Fair. yeah, there, there's, was... there's, there's far more egregious fucking, like, I, I, have you seen Ant-Man 3 yet? No. 
that looks like garbage. <laughs> it looks really, really bad. Okay. So they're like, it was, it was never like to that degree. But I, I, I do think that there's something that's been lost because, like, yeah, Maybe. It, there was, there wasn't a moment where like it was horrific. Yeah. But season one is stunning. Like, yeah. And I, yeah, there's just an element of it, like. Basically, you could like remember that episode Did you say where they had they had like a guy who's no longer working on it. Did they change yeah. cinematographer or something? Yeah, uh, yeah. So the f- season one was Greg Frazier, yeah, uh, and he, he did a little bit of season two. I have no idea who that is. He's cool. He's I don't think he's done fucking loads of stuff, but he's he was. I'm fairly certain he did uh, June as well or Dune, however the fuck it's pronounced. June. Um, June. Dune, Dune, June. Oh, Dune. Oh, I thought you said June, like June, July, August. I probably did, thinking that was how it was pronounced. I don't know how you pronounce that movie. Dune. Dune. Seems weird that Dune. It's got a funny mouth sound. American. Dune. Yeah, Dune. Dune. No, they don't say you, do they? I don't like that. Dune. Dune. Yeah. Dune. Sounds like it's got like four U's. Should be Dune. Should be Dune. Dune. That sounds weird as well, though. But that's what it is. It's a Dune. A sand Dune. Sand Dune. Yeah. This is just a saying Dune. Yeah. Anyway, Gross. Continue. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so yeah, um uh he did uh season one and a, a, I think a portion of season two. Um and there's just yeah, in season three I don't think it's him. I don't know who it is, and I'm not trying to like fucking say theirs looks like shit, but I think comparing Sounds like you're saying their shit and you can do their job better than them. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Give me the volume. <laughs> um, no, but like to compare it to Greg Frazier is almost unfair because he's he's very very good. David Klein serving as cinematographer, uh, working with Kevin Smith on films like Clerks, Morats, Chase and Amy, Clerks Two, Zack and Miri make a porno, Cop Out, and Red State. There we are. Very um, lovely. All <laughs> renowned for their fucking incredible cinematography work. Oh, yes. Oh, fuck. We haven't spoken about um, Ahmed Best. Yeah, Ahmed Best. Cool. <laughs> good. good. I'm, glad cool. He's, I'm glad he's back in Star Wars. Amazing. I love it. It was, it, mm. was a, it was a great moment. It was really good to see him. Um, given the fact that he nearly fucking killed himself. And now here he is, like, fucking on screen as a fucking badass Jedi as well. It was, yeah, it was sick. Yeah, he was pretty fucking pretty good. Um, I like that. Do we... That storyline feels like a where where's it? I, I I hate the fact that we have to like wait a seasons apart for tiny increments of Grogu's yeah. origin. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's um yeah, it's it's incomplete at this point. We know that um Kelleran got a, got Grogu at least off Coruscant in a Nubian ship, possibly the same ship that fucking Anakin and Padme used in Attack of the Clones. Um, mm-hmm. they they were Naboo guards. It was a Nubian ship, so maybe they're going to Naboo. I don't know. Um, but but yeah, clearly he's working with someone. There's something going on. Where he's taking Grogu, I don't know. Uh, wherever it is, obviously it doesn't necessarily work out well in the end. But yeah, I mean, yeah, because yeah. we know that he does get dumped in a little cradle somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, with a price on his head. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I I like him. I I love that he was like back for this. Um, but and also just like oh God, it must have been a difficult decision for him to make. So I'm happy that he like embraced it. Yeah, um, and it's back. Also, there's a fucking horrendous 
fucking I, I hate the way media covers shit. He was back before this. He was back as so that character Kellerin Beck was uh, he was originally created as a like a a game show type of thing, like a character on a game show, like on oh. the start on the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel. They have uh, kind of like do you remember like the show Jungle Run? Uh, no, but Summit. Uh, kind of like a. Like a show where you like you run an obstacle course and then you answer like questions to get like a golden monkey and blah blah blah. Like, is it uh, like Raven? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of yeah. like Raven. Um, like there's a very loose storyline to it, but it's essentially like a game show. They had like okay. a Star Wars version of that, and it was hosted by Jedi Master Keller and Beck, Armored Best, who is like he specializes in like the the training of the younglings and helping them through the trials and that sort of stuff into becoming a Jedi, which is oh, why cool. it was actually a, a good choice that he showed up here. It actually makes sense. Oh, that's pretty fucking that's quite yeah. sick then, yeah. That does make sense. No, I'm happy. I'm ha- I'm glad that he's back. Um I'm not glad that it came with a million <clears throat> articles saying like finally redemption for this guy and I'm like, you're all bullies, oh, yeah. you're all dickheads. <laughs> yeah. You're fucking horrible, horrible people. At no point did Ahmed Best need to be redeemed. So. No, you guys needed Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Bullying him. Yeah. Um, I love seeing uh, Paul Sun Hyung as Carsten Teva. I really like the character of Carsten Teva as he grows. He's the like the New Republic pilot yes, who keeps showing up. Um, I, I like that we go into the bar, the little pilot bar, and there's just this shot of fucking... Dave Filoni in his big cowboy hat and Rick Famuyiwa and Deborah Chow there, the, like the the director squad, I think they're called the director <laughs> pilot squad, which is quite good. And then you you won't really know this yet, but Zeb was showed up. Zeb from Rebels made his live action debut, which was a fucking shock. Like, is I he the big stem- purple bastard at the bar? Yeah, he's a Lasat. Yeah, and I was like Zeb, and uh, yeah, it was Zeb. So that was that was pretty fun. He seemed like a pretty chill guy, I can't lie. He is a chill guy. He's, he's pretty cool. Um, All this to else? come for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. And, and, uh, and I like I liked the... Um, if we're talking about you know, just things we liked in general, I liked um, hmm. Paz Vizledger in this season. I don't know why John Favreau stopped voicing him because um, he was voiced by John Favreau in the first two seasons and Book of Boba Fett, but now he's not. I'm, I'm John Favreau is clearly still working on the show, so like, I, didn't, I didn't notice like an, an inconsistency. He sounded still very much big, tough. Yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah, the voice is whatever, but I don't know. Seems a bit weird that it's just not him anymore. Um, Especially considering it's pretty much all we have to go on. Yeah, as well. That's true. <laughs> um, well, John Favreau voiced um, Previsla in. Is it Previsla? He's talking about the solo monkey thing. No, fuck no, in Clone Wars. Um, <laughs> he did do the solo monkey. He thing. did, yes, he did do the, the fucking solo monkey in Wizard. Uh, uh, is it pre. Yeah, I think it's pre. Is that, whoa, is that a Wookiee? Is that a Wookiee? Um, oh, that's going to annoy me. I th- I'm pretty sure it's pre Vizsla, but there's also an ancient Vizsla who was. And it, and it might be that. Um, pre Vizsla and post Vizsla. Pars Vizsla. Paz Vizsla actually not passed. Uh, I think you missed my excellent pre and post production joke. I didn't. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it got the reception. 
Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, it is Previsla. He voiced Previsla in the Clone Wars. Tar Vizsla is who I was getting confused with, which is like an ancient ancestor who I believe I was uh, the original wielder of the uh, the dark saber. Um, a uh, uh, the the first Mandalorian Jedi. Um, yes. Um, I, no, I like I like the way Paz Vizsla's story kind of grows. He's a very he's very dramatic. He's very. I like the moment where they're like. The Mandalorians, they're like, maybe we should go help out Navarro and some of them aren't sure and they have the little talking hammer. I hold this and now I get to talk and no one can interrupt yeah. me. That's pretty cute. <laughs> um and I and I like the the dramatic nature of like, oh fuck this guy. I don't like Dinjar and he's a prick. Like why why should we go help them? Well, because we're Mandalorians, that's why. <laughs> ha tr trick, you got fooled. I I have that exact note. Um <laughs> where where it's like um, I it's, I wrote it in a pessimistic way, but it is just it's it's harm it's harmless, isn't it? It's um, yeah, and it, it, it yeah, because it very much is just like because they they have conflict, they have beef. Yeah. He like yeah, he, he even tries to take his he rip, tries to rip Din's helmet off in season one. Yeah, he does. Yeah, which is like fucking <laughs> that's that's on site for Mandalorians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, no, I, yeah, I like that he was just like, mm. why would I even bother doing this? Because we're homies, <laughs> yeah, out of nowhere. He's great, and his fucking his final scene was was yeah. He he goes down fucking to save everyone. It was pretty. It was heartbreaking, but it was also just a really fucking sick sequence to watch. Like his he's fucking shooting so much that his gun literally fucking melts. Yeah, as as he's shooting it, and then it's one that once that suddenly just fucking lobs it. Uh, so I think goes fuck it. I'll just take them all out with my ha with my hands. And you know what? He does. He yeah. fucking clears them all. It's only when the fucking Praetorian guard shows up that he gets fucking uh, killed off. Really. So when when those three showed up, I was like, I was on it. I was cheering, and those three showed up, and I went, he's dead. Yeah, he's <laughs> dead, dead. Yeah. No, I, I that's one of my favorite tropes when someone's big gun runs out of bullets and they just go, they have that shrug and then they just fucking yeet it at someone's head. The heavy trope, it shows up quite a lot. It's always a heavy one. It's always someone yeah. with a big fucking Gatling gun, and they're like, "I'll cover you, go." Um, I think it happened in Star Wars like probably about seven different times at this point. Yeah, um, more than likely. But when there's that much Star Wars out there, yeah, it's bound to come up. Um, it's pretty great. I, I did. I did, I was gonna say like right up until almost the very last fucking scene. I uh, of the show. I uh, I had a note that says I love that John Favreau got Taika Waititi come back to say yes and no. Um, but then he had more to say. I was like, fuck, <laughs> <laughs> ruined my comedy, <laughs> ruined my joke. Um, yeah, no, I like. Well, it wasn't much though, was it? It would have been less than a less than an hour. In no, the it's still been. Oh, it wouldn't even been that. It'd be five minute phone call. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. No. Yes. So that's pretty fun. Um, it wasn't else? lost on me that Grogu essentially drives a Megazord now. I don't know what a Megazord is. Is that oh, you know a Power Ranger? Power thing. Ranger thing. Yeah. Okay. It's not Mega. Isn't a Megazord all come together? Yeah, but the primary function of the Megazord is there's a little room in the in the middle of the Megazord which is piloting uh, the the Megazord itself. It's not a sentient Megazord. All right, I mean, it's more just a mech, but it's a Megazord, Nathan. Okay, show some respect. You say Megazord, I say mech, but sure. I will meet you in the middle and suggest Megazord. No. Uh, well, then then you're still wrong. Don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, do you know much about Thrawn? Uh, I know that he, I know that at one point he looked like either Pierce Brosnan or Benedict Cumberbatch. He never looks like Benedict Cumberbatch. He looks like Pierce Brosnan in a uh, celebration mural. But that was it. I know next to nothing about him other than here's what I know about him. I know that he's blue. He's blue. And I know that he's an antagonist in Rebels. Yes. And I know that he is a man of not great renown, but he's known for being pretty decent at what he does, which I don't know what he does. Okay. Because I know that he's he's got quite a reputation that precedes him. Okay. I don't want to know more before Rebels, surely. Am I meant to know it? Or is Rebels one of them things where I'm meant to know who he is already? No, Rebels is his introduction. Okay. Then in that case, say no more. His, his introduction in canon. It's from like a book in the 90s. You can never be fully clued in. <laughs> I just, I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm, it's gone on too long now, and I'm like, I don't know where to start with any extended stuff that I don't know much about. Mm. But yeah, but yeah, I'm excited to see Thrawn going forward. He's um, he's going to be played by Lars Mikkelsen, which is great. He played him in Rebels as well. Um, brother of Matt's, yeah. That makes pissed, sense. Pissed in Sherlock's fireplace that one time. In BBC? Yeah. I think I can put a face to it. Yeah, he was he was the guy who was like um he was kinda of like the anti Sherlock in like the season where Moriarty was dead or whatever. Oh right, okay. He just like walked up into their flat and like did a piss in their fireplace. Oh well, we've all done that to be fair. Yeah. So yeah, give him credit. He was the he was the cunt he fucking shot in the head at the end. Oh, I thought he was an old dude. He's, I think he's like he's like 50 or something maybe I'm just remembering he's 50s. older I mean, he doesn't look young what else we got we got anything else on this um it's been real relaxed this podcast hasn't it uh yeah it's chill vibes tonight it's just chill vibes what, shall I play some lo-fi beats throughout <laughs> the entire thing lo-fi beats to chill and study too um I was gonna say um no it kind of felt like an ending ending like that's it. Like, there's going to be more, but it kind of felt like, see you later. Do you think there should be more? Uh, yeah, there should always be more. It felt overwhelmingly good vibes. So for me, I was like, I'm not sure what much they can do now, especially given my concerns that I know they'll make something, but like my concerns of that, I don't think. Well, they're probably going to they're probably going to lean more into the the Empire Remnant and stuff. Right, I see. Yeah, but he's got a little caravan now. It's not a caravan, it's like a house. It's a house, but it's like a little caravan. <laughs> just a house, mate. So does it, I thought it was like a little rounded edges type situation, was it not? Well, yeah, but that's just the architecture design. It's not on wheels. It doesn't need to be on wheels to be a caravan. A lot of caravans don't have wheels. Caravan parks, there's a lot of stationary caravan homes. All right, so if you see a building with rounded edges, is that a caravan? Yes. <laughs> well, then I guess it's, to you, at least, <laughs> I guess it's a caravan. <laughs> by your de- by what you define a caravan as, it's a caravan. Well done. Um, was was it saying? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. The Empire Remnant. That I mean, that was another like big part of this season. The the, the return, not the return, just the the Empire Remnant slowly coming together, um, and and taking shape. Um, so I think it's probably going to lean more into that going forward. Is it? Is there an answer to this um, in in canon so far? Right? Do we know how this kind of wanky empire, what's left of, becomes the first order? Yes, yes, and it, it's part. It's part. It's with uh, Brendel Hux is a big part of that as well. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I I like to see where they could go with this. I think I I don't know. I I don't think I'm checked out necessarily because I'm I'm always keen to see more, and I'm you know we 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 cover it on on this and stuff. So I'm I'm, I'm I always like to check it out and see what's going on. I feel like it's definitely become a different show to the show it started as to a degree. But I think it's less of a bad thing after talking to you about it because hearing where you're at with like how it is more now about a Mandalorian as a people. Mm. um that's that's definitely an interesting take um but yeah hopefully we get some um there's still are they, are they doing a boba fett 2 book of boba fett 2 don't know to be honest <laughs> i really want them to title it the second page of the book of boba fett because <laughs> they won't because that's dumb they'll just call it the book of boba fett <laughs> they're, yeah they probably will to be fair <laughs> yeah so page two <laughs> <laughs> and when you go on the menu to find mm-hmm. what season you want to watch on Disney Plus, it's the index. So you got to check the page. Number. This is a stupid joke. This is awful. This is <laughs> it's a really bad joke. Yeah. Oh, I'm having a good time. Uh, we got anything terrible. else to say on this? Otherwise, we should start closing up. No, just maybe we'll see more Din um, come Ahsoka. Um, That's true. Yeah. Maybe not. Who knows? Um, but yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, Nathan, I don't know if you're aware of this. We have two podcasts. This is not the only venture that we have in the podcasting world. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm not aware, Lawrence. Please tell me more. Well, thank you for firstly being so attentive and also asking me to clarify. Uh, we get together. We talk about Doctor Who. We are currently just starting season two, uh, so we're in tenant time, baby. Yeah. Uh, so come along to listen if you're a Whovian, if you know any Whovians. Uh, Check us out. That's called Still Got Legs. You can find us on Twitter at Still Got Legs Pod. Um, and we're always having a good time over there. But if you're interested in hearing more of this show, um, and you bloody well should be because next week we're doing this. In Fair Verona, where we lay our scene, two households, both alike in dignity. Did you know, Nathan, that you can also, while we're speaking of things you didn't know about, or potentially did know about, uh, you can re uh, you can review the show. I did. Um, you can review the show on your podcast app of choice. Um, I don't know. Give it whatever you want. I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be well, nice I, if I you gave, it'd be nice <laughs> if you gave us five stars. But hey, I'm not your mum. I can't tell you what to do. Yeah, that's. I mean, to be fair, like, yeah, maybe Lawrence. It is twenty to eleven. I want to go to bed. That's that's fair enough. <laughs> Enjoy your bedtime, ladies and gentlemen. You might be listening to this in the morning. Enjoy the closest bedtime you have at time of listening. Should we sing everyone a lullaby to get them to sleep? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> Okay, let's. Um... This is literally the definite. This has felt like a Twitch stream more than a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We've it made chill. no conscious effort to have jokes or anything. Hey, it's chill vibes, man. I don't know Drop if that pussy down low. No! <laughs> no! Uh oh, I'm gonna make it explode. Sleep. Does <laughs> that it? Go to sleep. Ah, oh. <laughs> sleep. <laughs> Go to sleep. Go to fucking sleep. 
Sleep real deep, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, this game is very inappropriate, very quick. Go Let's switch it up to the Harvest Samba. What's the Harvest Samba? Yeah, go and get it on. What is it? You won't regret it. Yeah, this is where it's at. Cabbages. Cabbages. <laughs> if you're listening to this, go to sleep. No matter, you could be driving. Go to sleep. Jason Moran's fucking sounding bullshit. Why is that stopping when I do that? Is that a seagull? Yeah. A long, long time ago, there was a volcano. For fuck's sake. Living all alone in the middle of the sea. Have you seen this? I recognise it from somewhere. It's, um, it's the Pixar short, Lava. Little, oh, yes. They has, yeah. He has a mountain girlfriend or something. Yeah, the volcanoes. That's it. They're, yeah, they are cute. Yeah. I remember that. Based on the um, the real-life Hawaiian singer. Uh, I don't know his name, but um, he sang that version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Oh, like yeah. With a ukulele, and it's, it's pretty cool. Um pretty good well that is certainly good news um indeed yes it is goodbye everyone goodbye everyone i wish you well in your endeavors i hope you all get to where you want to be in life and most importantly i hope that jake gyllenhaal no regrets no not beeping a bunch of this bullshit again. I hope that Jake Gyllenhaal knows what he did. Good. Good. Good night, everyone. Night, guys. How long we got to wait here? I'll fade it out with the chorus. Bye. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 